0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is Kevin Kaufman, your host of the Kevin and Fred Next Level Podcast. The podcast where we bring you weekly business tips and tricks, as well as in-depth interviews with leading minds in real estate and entrepreneurship to help you take your business to the next level. All right, Next Level Podcast listeners, this is your host, Kevin, back with you. And this week, I have a super awesome special guest, her name is Margaret Smith. Margaret, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great.
0: How are you? Oh, doing great. Do me a favor. Tell everybody where you're from. Okay.
1: I'm from Bothell, Washington, just north of
0: Seattle. Seattle. All right. You know, what's funny. Um, Bothell, you're so specific about that. Jesse, <laughs> yeah. Jesse Moore, who is how we know each other, we'll get into that a little bit more. Is always, he's always like, Bothell, Bothell. And I'm like, I, I, where? And so he's like, Seattle. Typically, I just say Seattle. Yeah, it was. But I met somebody the other day from Bothell, believe it or not, and I was like, it stuck out like sore thumbs to me. I'm like, I know people in Bothell. <laughs> at any rate, so Margaret uh, Smith from Bothell, Washington, or the greater Seattle area, yeah. uh, with Pickett Street properties. Did I say that right?
1: Oh my gosh,
0: you did. I, I'm pretty good at stuff like that.
1: I'll Never forget the last time you tried to say uh, say Snohomish.
0: Uh, I'm never going to try to say that again. So. Yeah. yeah. For anybody who saw Margaret and I go live on Facebook doing a neck hammock demonstration, uh, you know that I absolutely butchered the name of the county she lives in, and I'm not even going to try to to do it again. Um, I still haven't lived that down clearly. You
1: have like 20 neck hammocks hanging just around you in the background.
0: They're in the office next door, um, (laughs) if I'm being honest. So, okay, so Margaret, so tell us, so do me a favor, tell us kind of a little bit about you. Um, so we know your name and where you're at Pickett Street Properties is the, is the company you work with. Like, what do you do for Pickett Street Properties? How long have you been there? Kind of give us some of that general background information just to kind of get everyone, you, you know, a little warm introduction and then we're going to kind of pick it up from there.
1: Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so it'll be seven years in November that I've been with Pickett Street and I came from the Seattle Art Museum. So my background is in social work. I have my master's in social work and then a degree in art. And so I'm a photographer on the side and came to Pickett Street with absolutely no business know-how or real estate knowledge at all, and my job currently as director of operations is really primarily to recruit, screen, interview, hire, PR, client events, team events, um, strategic thinking with Jesse for the future, and uh, doing our podcast together, of course, and social media kind of branding all kind of, that's kind of like the gist of my job right now currently. It's morphed from team admin. When I, was the, when I first started I worked primarily in the listing department and as Jesse's um, direct assistant and I'm still his direct assistant really. And then uh, as we grew, morphed into EA and then uh, director of operations where I'm at now.
0: Awesome, so tell us who Jesse is really quick. I thought, you know, and I considered having you both on together. <laughs> To see, yeah, like, if I could pepper fun. you both, but I thought, oh, I'm going to do it separately.
1: Well, that would be fun, though. Yeah. Uh, yes, Jazzy D. Moore is the owner and lead listing agent of Pickett Street. Uh, been in real estate since really, like, 2006. And Montana guy, as you find out by listening to our podcast, too. He mentions that in his time in Montana. Um, yeah. This is his first business that he's owned. We actually were just talking about that the other day. And before this, he worked at the Real Estate Book in the Pacific Northwest because his wife got recruited um, at the time, his wife got recruited out to
0: Boeing. So, yeah. I remember that. Um, I had forgotten about the real estate book deal, but yes. Um, so Jesse is a super good friend of mine. Loved that guy to death. And we, you know, we've just become close and closer over the years. And so that's how Martin and I got to know each other. And I love how Jesse has basically convinced you that the director of operations is to do everything else other than go on listing appointments. <laughs>
1: right. Jesse, I yeah,
0: knew more of his magic.
1: <laughs> he 's so, very convincing for sure
0: so that 's yeah. pretty awesome that 's and honestly that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the on the show today is because you do a lot uh kind of behind the scenes and you all but you also do stuff sort of out front for the company um, and then you also have built a community of other folks like yourself who are in different uh, operational and support roles in the real estate industry, which is something that I love because it tells me that you 've got a lot of different experiences. To pull from, and so granted, most of our listeners on this podcast are not going to be um, in a support role or in an operations role, although some of them are. Most of them are agents, and I think it's always good for agents or lenders or anybody else to hear a perspective of, of other people. Um, my whole my whole point in this podcast is highlighting different people and different ways of doing business, and um, I love some of the stuff that you guys have done over the years. And uh, so I thought it'd be really cool to kind of talk about your different experiences with the team. So let me, let me hit you with the first question. So number one, working with Jesse over the years, like what was the biggest sort of learning curve for you outside of understanding real estate? Cause obviously when you come from, from a social work background and into real estate, that's going to be a little bit of a change. Um, but once minus the real estate technical stuff, like what's been the biggest learning curve for you thing that you've had to learn and adjust from, over the years to really understand the business and just really the industry overall?
1: Yeah, great question. So I have to say, first of all, uh, for your listeners, I would love to get feedback on how they think I communicate because I've made it like a mission of mine to learn how to better communicate with agent-minded people, like people who do that role not only on teams but independently and just in general because it's a very different personality type in general, most likely from mine. Uh, I think the biggest learning curve has probably been communication. Um, Because a lot of my processing, I'm an internal processor, it's done in my head. And I have all sorts of ideas and things that have definitely come to the top more in the last few years as I've learned how to voice them. Um, But it was, uh, I would say it's communication and then also learning that, at least in this business from what I've witnessed compared to where I was before, there's a lot less um, bureaucracy if you're in a small company lot less red tape, a lot more freedom, and so I learned to move quickly. And it took the, about two years for me to really let go of a lot of the um, perfectionism, and I'm still a perfectionist for sure, but I, by letting that go, I realized how quickly I could actually move, and then I'm, actually, uh, I'm even better at this pace than I was before. Because at the museum and other places that I've worked, you're tied back by money, um, lack of money, uh, all these different people you have to go to for permission to do things, and there's none of that here essentially so i would say communication and then learning to move quickly
0: yeah i think working in a small business real estate or not um is completely different where you can really go from idea to execution yes. in the same day yeah. uh whereas in other larger companies and you know like it can take months if not years
1: yeah to it's to execute. Yeah. horribly frustrating
0: so let me ask you this um what would you say and, and i ask you this and if Partially, I, I know that this is going to be your opinion, but it's also going to be based on a lot of the facts and conversations you've had over the years, because you've done such a great job of mixing it up with other administrative and operational folks and agents. Um, I think you're one of the few people who really understand kind of both sides. What do you think is the number one sort of misunderstanding or things that you think um, in general agents and the operational or support staffs what do you, what do you think are some of their bigger hurdles or maybe misunderstandings that that kind of occur between team call call it rainmakers and support staff
1: the number one miscommunication
0: yeah and if it's more than one and it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a miscommunication but something that you see maybe as a hurdle that mm-hmm. kind of gets in the way whether it's a learning curve or, or what sure. but i'm kind of curious what what your thoughts are on that uh because i know a lot of folks who Try to start a team. They hire somebody, and the intention's great, and they may even do a great job of hiring somebody amazing. And then it's kind of like they don't know what to do with. They've got this Ferrari, and they don't know how to drive it.
1: (laughs) Totally. Yeah. No, I can say so. You're right in that I've chosen specifically from the very beginning to surround myself with people, Uh, and I've done that in my life anyways because my mom taught me from a very young age that uh, human capital, social capital, is more important than anything else, and that's what's gotten me any job I've had prior to this too. So I learned prior to this job that that was what I needed to do to succeed. So from the, out the gate, when Jesse took me to my first conference, I started in November, went to a conference in February. I started networking immediately because the more perspectives that I have, the better I can serve my team and the more uh, better I can serve myself and like navigate in this new industry. So at the number one issue, and which is now what I actually target in the class that I teach, is uh, people start teams or companies with no business experience and no people experience. So a lack of leadership. Um, Not because they don't necessarily, not that they don't want it, but I think they think, oh, I'm really great at real estate. Why not start a team? Can't be that hard. And they don't think about any of the issues around people or um, in hiring, managing, training. They just throw people in and expect it to work. And I think what's happening, unfortunately, is a lot of people get burned and then they don't want to try a team again. And so I'm actually in the last round of interviews that I've had, um, each person that I've spoken to, I think there's like 75% of them have come from another team. And I just say right right off the gate, I say, thank you so much for taking a chance with me. I appreciate that you're willing to talk to me after having had such a poor experience. So I would say leadership, number one, which is what prompted me to start teaching, to start bridging that gap.
0: So when you say leadership, um, are... Is that just because a straight, hey, maybe somebody's good at sales, but they're, they just don't understand real estate, uh, or I'm sorry, but they, they might understand real estate sales, but maybe they don't understand business or leading other people. Is that what you mean?
1: 110%. I've seen it over and over and over again, and uh, I saw that in my first year, which is why I decided to start, Jesse said, uh, he, he said in my first three months, I, you're going to teach a class about this stuff, and I was just like, what do you mean? And then after I went to that conference and I started talking to people, I realized really quickly the difference between the last place where i worked, um, not only in the bureaucracy of it, like I mentioned before, but the fact that I actually worked for fantastic leaders, people that wanted to lead people, people that didn't manage me, people that um, saw the strengths in me and encouraged me and all those things, and and, and knew kind of uh, had, uh, the delineation between different job roles. And that's another really simple process when you start a business of figuring out who's going to do what. And there's such a lack of clarity around who does what on the operations side that it leads to resentment and frustration within like a year, two
0: years. So let me ask you this. So let's just say, and I'm, I'm making this question up on the fly. I didn't anticipate okay. asking you this question, but um, there's an, like the best. good there. So there's an agent listening to you right now cool. who's thinking about starting a team. Maybe they've done one before. Maybe they haven't. Um, maybe they've hired someone before. Maybe they haven't. But what is the number one, like, I guess, tip or piece of advice you would give that person before they even start to consider hiring someone or hold the first interview or, you know, make the first job offer? What's the thing you would like to tell that real estate agent right now that's thinking about that?
1: I always tell people, go out and interview five other team leaders and five operations, like director of operation positions, and make sure that they're of a certain size, depending on what their goal is, if they even have a goal. Half the time, they're like, I don't know how big I want to get. I just know I want to double what I'm doing. So I would say go out and interview them. It's another, like, just a way to prompt them to network because um, within those interviews, if they spend even 15 minutes with those people, they'll get an inkling real quick of what they might need to focus on right off the bat.
0: Okay. So go basically learn from other people who have done it before you. Yep. Awesome. Let me ask you this. So on the flip side of that, because you're around a lot of folks who are who are applying for those jobs and being interviewed for those jobs, what would you tell that group of people? So Let's say I'm considering going into a support operational administration type of role on a real estate team or, or small business. What would you be telling me? What's the piece of advice you'd give me before I ever hit apply or showed up for an interview?
1: For operations people specifically.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I always tell them to interview with multiple teams. And if they don't know anything about the industry, then um I will either talk to them myself or have someone else talk to them or recommend that they talk to someone in their area about what the industry is like. And I specifically spend like five minutes making sure they understand the difference between where they're at now and what it's like here. Because oftentimes this is what uh, a friend of mine and I are really talking about right now is how to include this in the training and the teaching that we're doing. Because when someone transitions to get people to transition from a corporate job or any industry into real estate, they're typically taking a step down in pay and they're typically not getting benefits which are two huge like steps down from where they're typically at if they're talent. And so uh, once you talk someone through that, then you have to make sure that they understand, I'm gonna, I never refer someone, I never pass a resume to another team unless I like them. And it's pretty rare that there's a team, uh, you know, there's very few teams that I pass resumes off to, that being said. Like I just, I don't feel good about handing someone off if I really think that they're talented to someone who's gonna, um, not going to treat them right. So I always, I'll tell that operations person to interview um, with multiple teams. I will recommend the top teams that I know based on uh, what I know from the time that I've spent in the industry. Um, but yeah, I'll say multiple. I even tell the people that interview with us, I'd like you to interview with two other teams before you accept any position that we offer you. Because I wanna make sure that they understand the difference between us and other teams in the area.
0: Cool, that's, yeah. uh, that's good advice. So um, so tell me that, Like, tell me, tell us a little bit about, your uh, like your teaching. So you've referenced that a couple times. Um, What is that? Like, and obviously, I I, I know about the operations retreat, but you've got a few different, uh, you've got at least two different classes that I know of uh, that you teach. Tell tell me about that kind of where and where did those come from? Other than Jesse said, hey, you're going to be teaching about this one day.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, it totally stemmed from me being very passionate and realizing that I had some skills and talents that I didn't recognize before this which is kind of the beauty of real estate, is that you, I had the opportunity to really utilize skills that were uh, I didn't even know existed in me. Like I knew that I was good with people and um, the creative piece, but I didn't know how good I was at bridging gaps between people. And so I realized real quickly that I could probably be beneficial to this industry by bridging the gap between the agent and the admin. And so uh, right off the bat, my first class was called perspective through the lens of a director, of an executive assistant at the time. And so I've been teaching this class for, well, six years now. And so I recently changed it to Make It Rain Together because I realized, obviously, that title before was not speaking to agents. It was way too long, and it was, people think that it's for the admin. It's actually primarily for the agent because I talk about how much money I make, what I made when I started, what I make now, what my bonus. I lay out my whole salary um, scale, basically, on a calendar, showing them when Jesse gave me raises. And uh, I talk about job descriptions, hiring tips, where to go look for people and then communication and some of the hard conversations that Jesse and I've had, I lay it all out there because I realized real quickly that when I went to some of these conferences, um, specifically Keller Williams, that's the only company I've been with, nobody sat up on those panels and actually told the hard truths about money. I was like, I'll tell you how much I make because one day I'm going to die. And I don't care if you know that I make 72,000 right now. Like I will tell anybody because That's part of the problem, is that nobody will actually tell anybody. So it's surprising to me based on the fact that in Keller Williams, we're all about sharing resources, and um, especially if you're outside of your market area. So I wanted to start telling the truth. And I also knew that that was a way um, to kind of start to build my niche, is for people to know that Margaret's going to be real with me. Margaret's going to tell me what she makes, what that ridiculous conversation was she had with Jesse last week. And it makes people feel normal. It makes them realize that, yeah, building a team is really freaking hard. So. That was kind of what uh, started my class, and now that name change has happened in the last just month, and uh, my goal is to teach it at least once a month.
0: Once a month. Okay, wow. I didn't realize you were te- teaching it yeah. that often. Um, and is that always in the Seattle area, or do you no. ever do that anywhere else?
1: Yeah, I've taught in Arizona, Idaho, um, where else? Oregon, Vermont. I'm, so I'm, I have it scheduled, again, to go in Boise this next month, and I'm going to Missouri in September, and then um, probably Vermont or uh, New Hampshire in October, I think.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Okay, yeah. cool. So you're willing to take that one on the road.
1: Totally.
0: Awesome. Very cool. Okay. So, and then, so tell me about some of the other stuff that you're doing, uh, from a, I'll call it a class perspective or, or gathering perspective.
1: Yeah. Um, another passion of mine is making sure that, uh, admin understand that they can make money outside of their salary. Cause that's been a big conversation between Jesse and I. It's not just about raising my salary every time it's helping me understand how to make money. So the other class that I teach is about the FHA 203k loan. So it's a renovation loan that I did. And so I bought two duplexes and I've done it twice with each one, well, once with each one. And so that class I teach to investors, agents, and admin, whoever wants to attend in the area. Um, And then the other class that I've done a social media class, I've done other small classes for the market center, um, but primarily it's the FHA class and then this um, admin class that I teach most often.
0: Awesome. And then so tell me about the conference that you put together.
1: So the Pacific Northwest operations retreat was born like three and a half years ago at a happy hour with a couple of admin here. Um, when I was trying to start an, an admin happy hour networking group quarterly. And it was crap. We were like, we'd go to a restaurant and like, nobody would show up. We'd have four people. And then you have an hour to try to dive into some of these really ridiculously deep topics. We're not just talking about databases and CRMs. We're talking about some of the really hard crap. And so I was like, this is not enough time. So somebody suggested me do an overnight. And I was like, well, why not, why just an overnight? Why not three days where we actually bring in some speakers and like create something that people actually want to attend, something that's unique for just operations people. And so that first retreat, I got whoever I could get, which was fortunately for me, I I have a mentor in Susan Scott who wrote Fierce Conversations. So she offered to come that year. And then I got Elise Enriquez, who's a life and business coach. And then um, that was our first year was we just had those two ladies and they were amazing. And hands down, In that first day, I knew immediately I had something special because when you bring 30 people and you stop everything else in life and you bring them together for two and a half days, um, it's amazing. So that's an annual thing that happens every April. And this last year, most recently, I was super excited to get uh, Gary John Bishop, who wrote the book on Fuck Yourself. And then N. May Mangles, who's a strategic intuitive advisor. And then uh, our last one was um, Tyler Schmidt, who's the EA to Gary Vaynerchuk. It was an amazing epic definitely like the most epic retreat we've had yet so it's really fun and it's operations gurus from all over the country any level team so I, but that was actually how I make a point of meeting people and that is how I met uh Reed Moore's group uh Emily Singleton and Mercy Weeks I wanted to spend time with them and so that's how I did it is I invited them to that first retreat
0: that's awesome yeah Emily and Mercy are awesome too um, despite the fact that they spend too much time around Reed. so, <laughs> so at, at any rate, okay, so let me ask you this so you learned you had something special from that, but what are some of the other lessons you 've learned from hosting so many other really smart minds both in our industry and from your speakers who are from outside of our industry coming in to talk to talk to these uh, folks who are really the backbone and support of these real estate teams around the country
1: what have I learned it 's like oh my gosh uh, it 's It's shocking how little people spend on their personal development. Actually, I I, I think I've been spoiled here on Pickett Street because it's always been encouraged. Um, People broke down. And yes, we talk, it's like probably 80% personal development, 20% spent on the real estate business, because for me, I know this to be a fact, when you spend time on yourself, everything else will explode with growth. There's no point in talking about CRMs or drip plans or any of these things if you can't figure yourself out first. And so most of these people, who just all happen to be women that have come so far, uh, have never spent that kind of time on themselves. So, and when you all, the other benefit that I think people forget is admin do know how to network. They actually network really well. So they went, all these people that come every year, they walk away with 29 other people, they can call up at any moment and say, hey, I'm working through this problem. Can you like, can I have a two minute event session? Or can I like run this event by you? And I think people have forgotten how invaluable that is when you have people you can network with and call up at any minute. So I have just learned that uh, there's an insane amount of need for it. And there's uh, people, it's, people are going to be willing to pay more and more for it because they're starting to see the benefits of, of it now. And I've had several real estate agents or team leaders of the teams who have come to me and said, what did you do to her? Okay. All of a sudden, she's telling me what to do. And it's really cool. I like it. But what did you do? And so uh, it's just, that's, those are just a couple of the things that have happened. It's been really awesome. And so I'm really looking forward to um, probably taking it outside of the real estate industry as well in the next year and a half is my goal.
0: Very awesome. So, all right. So I'm going to switch topic or I'm going to switch speeds with you because we only got a few minutes left. I promised I wouldn't keep you on here forever. And I've got a few more just kind of personal itch questions to, uh, to scratch. Okay. So, okay. Tell us what's the name of the podcast. You've mentioned that a few times.
1: It's called Finally Clicked.
0: Okay, and what do you guys, what's the, what's the aim of that podcast?
1: The aim has always been to speak to the executive and the operations person, no matter the industry. Um, but I would say, like, even though that's the primary conversation on a couple of the podcasts, we really really just delve into business and personal development, period. And so we have authors, um, speakers, people in different industries that we believe will add value to the people that follow the podcast. So we do speak to the admin and the executive um, role quite often. And so we have like hard conversations on that podcast. Like we did most recently this last week where we talk about things that people don't normally talk about in front of other people. So, uh, yeah, but we've delved into, uh, I would say mostly business and personal development with that.
0: Awesome. So that's called finally clicked and people can find that wherever podcasts can be found, I assume. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. What, tell me what, what are your personal interests currently? What's, what's Margaret into outside of Pickett street properties and all the other things I'll call work wise that you have going on.
1: (laughs) Um, I would say most recently I am making space in my life to date would be the most interesting piece.
0: Oh boy. That's news. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that's like not been so that's been a conversation I've been having with actually a couple like people that are close to me and then um, one coach in particular. (laughs) And so I realized like, I when I go after something I go after it hardcore, and that's just never been a priority in my life. And so I'm gonna try it for like six months and see how it goes. But besides, I would say like, uh, travel And uh time with my family because they're all in the immediate area. I have three brothers, one that lives actually on the east coast, but three brothers and twenty-one first cousins in the city. So I have a lot of family things to do. Yeah.
0: Twenty-one first cousins. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um that's amazing. So uh, so let me ask you this question, um, since (laughs) Jesse's not here, what are the two or three things? what are the two or three things that we don't know about Jesse that we all should know about Jesse more?
1: Oh, great question. Two or three things we don't know about Jesse. Hmm.
0: Gosh,
1: I would have to say.
0: Maybe it's something that even surprised you.
1: Something that even surprised me. Um. I think we talk a lot about, uh, I don't know how much you swear on this podcast. If it's okay to swear, we it's talk about.
0: I uh, can say whatever the fuck you want.
1: <laughs> okay, we talk about resting bitch face a lot. Um, <laughs> and I never understood. Like, I've never. I've actually always worked for women, so working for a guy was really different for me. And I didn't know if he looked that pissed off all the time for a reason, or if it was just like just his look. <laughs> but he's actually. We talked about this the other day. He's actually just like a big teddy bear, and, uh, and so oftentimes the conversation we've had most recently is he's like. Margaret, why do people come up to you and always say hello, but they don't say hello to me? Like they walk right by my office to your office and they don't say hello. And I'm like, well, you kind of look like you don't want to be told hello. Like, you know, and then he's very focused and he's talked about this on many, many times on the podcast because back in the day, but when he first, when I first started right before me, um, his coach was actually coaching him to talk to people in the bullpen, just a little bit, just like say hello. You don't have to talk forever, but say hello And so I think a lot of people don't realize that actually he would actually really like to talk to them. Um, And oftentimes, actually, most recently, unfortunately, in the last year, it's been due to back pain that he looks so unhappy. So that's really, that's something people should know for sure. And the other thing I would say is he is actually an amazing writer. And we haven't seen him write say in the last four or five years. I'm trying to get him to start on a book right now because his language, his use of language is amazing. And people don't know half the poetry that comes out of his mouth is legit poetry.
0: Yeah. That dude, he's awesome. He's a special dude. If you guys don't know Jesse, uh, you should, I'll make sure I have him Please on here him on
1: Facebook and I'll go on his account and make sure to accept.
0: Yes. so that's yeah. Jesse Moore. Um, <laughs> you guys can find him there. Uh, okay. So what, what's the question that I should have asked you that I haven't yet?
1: Great question. Um, probably, I don't know, maybe what my next five year plan is.
0: So hit us with it. What's your, what is your five-year plan?
1: Uh, My five-year plan is to really blow the heck out of the real estate industry, essentially. Like when they talk about disrupting it, I I really actually want to do that and I plan on doing it. And so the operations niche, I think a lot of people don't realize it's kind of wide open for that. And so I plan on going really big with this retreat and um, not only taking it outside of the industry, but doing things that people are gonna hate me for. And I'm realizing I actually really like that because it means I'm doing something. And so there's a lot of agents in, in, even in our market center who joke with me like, hey, Margaret, you gonna have a fierce conversation with me? Or, hey, Margaret, like, what are you doing now? Like, They're actually, there a lot of people have told me they wanna to come to, they're that jealous of the retreat that they wanna to come to it now. And so uh, I realize I'm doing something right when I do that. And so that is my plan in the next five years, essentially.
0: That's awesome. So. Tell us about the operations retreat real quick before we go. Uh, what, ta- when, what is it like when in the year is it typically held and are the dates already set for the next one?
1: So it's typically held the first weekend of April. And I think I'm going to stick to that for this one for next year as well, just with planning and everything. And you can go, there's a Facebook page now that I created so people can get updates. And it's not set as of yet because I'm going after my main speaker and so I, I need to kind of uh, basically go with whatever they can do. I'm going to just make it happen for them first. And then once I have that solidified, is when I'll put the dates out, which hopefully will be early fall.
0: Awesome. Okay. And so people can find that on a Facebook group, Facebook page. Yeah, It's
1: just called PNW operations retreat. It's public open to both agents and admins. So they can all get notifications of when stuff goes live.
0: Awesome. And where can yeah. people find you if they want to find you on social?
1: I love hanging out the most on Instagram, but I'm on every platform. My Instagram handle is the underscore Margaret underscore Smith. And then you can find me on Facebook too.
0: Awesome. Well, Margaret, thank you so much for being a guest here today and uh, providing us some, some insight. I appreciate it. And uh, have an amazing day. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.